Soft City Rockers, Brendan K. O'Grady. Robert Segovia. We're going to talk NBA trades uh, today. We are recording this uh, hours after the trade deadline is concluded. Yeah. But before we get to that, you shared something, Bobby, on Twitter that I found interesting. And I was curious if you could tell me more about it. Okay. Which is the two gentlemen brothers who apparently live in Austin who run a website called The Chive. <laughs> and how they want to open up a Banksy museum in Austin. Yeah, I don't know how I came across this. I mean, but it is such the... It's like when people are making fun of Austin. Yeah. Like, it is like it is almost in like a little algorithm computer generated. Like, I don't even believe it's yeah, true. What is Soft City? Like, what does what is, what is that nickname <laughs> mean for the city of Austin? It's the kind of place that, that the has... from the Chive. Yeah, that has the Chive guys <laughs> wanting to open a Banksy museum. Here's the thing. I know a lot about Banksy. Uh, I don't know anything about the Chive. Uh, the Chive. What is the Chive? The Chive is like, oh man, what is the Chive? Uh, it's a takeoff on the Onion. Yeah, imagine if Bleacher Report was more douchey. Barstool Sports. Yeah, but original Barstool Barstool Sports kind of doing it a little bit before them, and also just. Not doing it as well as them. It's like shitty barstool sports, basically. They're the guys who sell the chive is the ones who sell like the. Uh, I've seen the uh, the keep calm and chive on. Yeah, shirts. yeah, yeah. It, what what does chive mean as a verb? I'm guessing chill, but I don't I don't really know. I mean, I just know I've known because I live in Austin. I've known tangentially people that work there, and they're literally the worst people you could know, and they're very sort of like. White dudes who who are just the, the douchiest, you know, just the douchiest guys you can. I mean, I've used that term a few times, but it's <laughs> the only, it's the only word I can really think for the chive. Yeah, I mean, barstool sports is like you know, it's like if barstool sports. Yeah, I mean that's a good. Well, that's barstool a good has the shithead Boston ethos. Yeah, like they're 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 very Boston. This oriented. is more like in spirit, even if not about yeah, the team specifically. Yeah, this is more like the fratty SEC boy. Well, and these guys. So I read the article that you shared. It was from Austin three hundred and sixty, I believe. Uh, which I think Statesman owns that site, right? It's, yeah, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, uh, and they came from Indiana. So again, perfect Austinites. Awesome they're from here. Just just moved here from some garbage Midwestern oh, town. Oh man, that makes so much sense that they came from India. There, there <laughs> are they are uh, entrepreneur uh, tech brothers, which just means they've started a whole lot of websites, and one of them hit with the ad sales. Yeah, yeah. Like that's all that means for these guys. They yeah, don't yeah. Create anything, but I found it fascinating that they collect Banksies, and because in in the article. <laughs> Well, because Banksy is a street artist. Yeah, course. yeah, yeah, of course. And he directed a movie that was a fake documentary that was all about the commodification uh, of street art into the art world that was essentially saying, like, all of this is a sham and a hoax, right? Yeah. But the movie is going to be nominated for an Oscar and make anything that I do worth even more to the kinds of people that would want to buy an official print of the world, like th- th- yeah. So this, so that the the Banksy concept is the sort of thing that went over their heads, circled around the Earth four times over their heads, <laughs> and then hit them right in the forehead. That's these guys. And, and I want to go on record as saying I think Banksy is great and cool and good for the world. Um, not because the art is incredibly groundbreaking. Like, yeah. and in fact, part of why it's so great is that the art is just this very uh, deviant art replacement level type stuff. It, it's the kind of it's the kind of stuff that like 
that you think is clever when you're 13, you know? Yeah. Uh, like, uh, uh, you know, the 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 guy with the malt of cocktail with flowers growing out of it or something, right? Like, really simple juxtapositions that were uh, notable because they were done in the, quote-unquote, authentic street art style of just putting it, just, just doing it in the dark of night without permission, putting it on something public, and then it's there, right? Yeah. But what I like about it, uh, for those who don't know, uh, Banksy, we pretty much know who Banksy is, right? Yeah. Robert Del Naha from Massive Attack. Oh, is that is that who... I'm not as familiar with the whole Banksy sort of thing. Yeah, so Robert Del Naha, who is one of the... I love Massive Attack. Yeah, Massive, yeah great band. Uh, one, of, one of the main guys. Uh, there are a lot of things that now tie him to the Banksy persona. Yeah. Uh, not the least of which include the fact that he was a uh, graf- he was a graffiti artist and his style, like just the line art looks exactly like what Banksy would do, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but also, Exit in the Gift Shop really was like them really not even trying to hide it. Uh, everybody involved in the movie is connected in some way to Del Naha. Uh, Banksy directed it, quote unquote. The guy who did the music is uh, Rob from Portishead. Another, yeah, yeah. Another they Bristol, produced, yeah. Yeah, another, yeah, another Bristol band and they collaborate a lot music-wise. Uh, the guy uh, who, who who became Mr. Brainwash, the uh, the 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 uh, real life uh, photographer turned uh, real life fake street artist who then became a bankable artist in his own right because of the attention of exit from the gift shop exit to the gift shop uh, all of this shit is tied directly back to that one person and I think it's great that if you've already made your money in life you know by making good records uh, by uh, scoring countless uh, uh, awkward first sexual encounters in dorm rooms between 1994 and 1999, right? Really contributed to society already. There's so much evil that you can do when you are a lazy millionaire Yeah, that to just dedicate yourself to making bad, like, very lame street art, Yeah, but for the express purpose of commodifying it and selling it to, taking away the money yeah. from dipshit I Indiana mean, uh, brothers... That that I think is cool and good. Yeah, British electronic music uh, has a great history of this. I forget what the band is called, but they had um, KRS. KRS had famously uh, took all their winnings uh, from music, uh, a million pounds, and just lit it on fire. <laughs> and then it was like, it was this whole huge thing. And then one of the guys was like, yeah, that rules like 20 years later. The other guy was like, I don't know. We should have done that. I need money. Yeah. yeah. But it's still, I mean, it's still that sort of like, you know, fuck, you know, it's, it's more destructive, but it's like, there's a long history sort of in British electronic music of just like, <laughs> fuck this. This yeah. is bullshit. Delightful. Uh, I, I like the idea that if you're not going to get like good new massive attack music, because I mean, you know, maybe as a musician, they're a bit past their prime, and uh, yeah. I, don't, I don't expect anything from. I don't expect them to have a great career resurgence or anything. But there are so many worse things that you could be doing with your time, uh, in, or like also good for you, Shepard Fairey. Shepard Fairey, you made some really lame, silly, bad street art that just hit at the right moment, <laughs> lined up with an incredibly uh, callous. Um, cynical political project uh, for Barack Obama and his comms team liked you. So, you know, you blank check for life after doing the Obama uh, posters and stuff, yeah, right? Yeah. So, you know, the, the, the fact that he also gets in on the act and helps continue this stupid myth of Banksy. Because what Banksy really is, right, is uh, Banksy is to Del Naha what uh, Tony Clifton is to uh, Andy Kaufman. Like, it's not that there's one guy who is Banksy. It's that Banksy is this persona... So- yeah. And 
you know, the art and the direction for the whole project is coming from one person. But the reason that a Banksy can go up, quote unquote, uh, overnight on opposite sides of the world in two days is not because one person's doing it, right? And so Shepard Ferry had involvement. Uh, the, you know, all the people involved in Exit, Exit to the Gift Shop, uh, you know, are connected in less than two degrees from the guy from Massive Attack. So, I mean, this is a good segue into Daryl Morey because <laughs> because it, it is sort of like uh, the Wizard of Oz. I, 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 I'm going to segue this into basketball because I... I just uh, am, am brimming with it. Hey, you got to hand it to Daryl Morey. Yeah, we were telling him to trade for CJ McCullough. We were telling him to trade for De'Aaron Fox. Or I wasn't. But there were a lot of people who were just like, settle. Settle for these guys. Settle for the for this. Settle for that. He got James Harden. I mean, he got James Harden. And he got James Harden for a price that was way cheaper than what the Brooklyn Nets. So I think a lot of people were like, this is a great trade for the Nets. It's a horrible day for the Nets organization. Oh I, I, don't, I don't know how you could spin this as like, if you take into account that they traded three unprotected picks, four pick swaps, and Karis LeVert and Jared Allen. <laughs> and they only got back two draft picks that were protected the other way. They got back less than half of the draft capital they spent yeah. to get James and, and they got, well, the one, they have one pick that's unprotected. That is a 2022 pick, which Philadelphia yep, is going to be good. Yeah, that's, they that's can defer bottom, to bottom, 20, bottom ten. They the can defer to round. 23, but chances are Philadelphia going to be good. We yeah. saw Embiid just alone, <laughs> and that means you're going to get a 20 pick. And then the other pick is in the future, and it's protected top eight, which is like fine. It's not a horrible asset, but when you've given away literally seven picks to get that plus Steph Curry. Steph Curry. Steph Curry yeah. If it was Steph Curry, it'd be different. Uh, and and a guy who literally hasn't played in his best season is the worst season of James Harden's prime. Like, everybody's kind of dogging on James Harden, and I get it. Here's a couple things. He's an all-star. If he goes to Philadelphia, because he this is what he does... And plays like he did when he went to Brooklyn, right? Those first 20 games before he, everybody was like, oh, man, this guy's Oscar Robinson. We love him. You know, he's so amazing. He never passed before. If he does that in Philadelphia, you know what he could do? Make a third all-NBA team. You know what I just described? The literal best season of Ben Simmons' career. Yeah. <laughs> and that, and basically, that's the worst. That's the worst season of the last eight years of James Harden. Yep. So, I, I, I just like to me. I am. It's not so much that Philadelphia made a great deal. There are risks to it. There's all this stuff. But man, the Nets. I, I don't see how anybody can be grading them. No, well. I, I have no idea who's celebrating this for the Brooklyn Nets. This is a. This is a borderline catastrophe. Yeah. Uh, when you consider where they were uh, only to uh, have given up everything they did uh, and then lose James Harden less than one year later. 361 days have passed since they traded for James Harden previously. To have lost so much future capital means that they are so insanely limited that they have to let Kyrie Irving 
Uh, okay, so there, there are only two reasons why this happened. And, and really one, one, one thing that we probably should have put our fingers on, and I guess a lot of us kind of assumed was happening in the background, which is that James Harden was like texting with Daryl Morey the whole time. Right, I mean, there for sure, like, for like, sure. There, there, there is no way that there is not, uh, you know, innumerable, like literally countless violations of tampering clauses uh, in the NBA that went into doing this, which is the way that fucking business gets done. Like, I, I have nothing negative to say about that, but again, there's no way that the NBA can like subpoena all of Daryl Morey's burners, like for all of the, for all, for all of the, all the conversations yeah. he's been having with Harden, who uh, by all accounts, he remains very, on very good, close personal terms and very good professional terms. Uh, when you think about the fact that Morey, when people complain about what Harden was in Houston, a lot of it come, it comes with this tinge of resentment that like, well, everything's built around him to do exactly what he wants. His entire style of play, he dictates everything, which is also true of LeBron James, yeah. uh, Stephen Curry, uh, theoretically Durant. Like, when you have a superstar player who is playing at the level of one of the top five or six players in the world, you should do everything you can to build around that player uh, and, you know, make them happy. And it's, by all accounts, the reason that Harden stayed in Houston for as long as he did and had the chance to even make the finals in the first place. So all of that is to say... We should have assumed that this whole time uh, Harden was giving more inside track info into this scenario than maybe uh, was maybe was allowed to come out in the media speculation. Because by all counts, this trade was on the table for a while, but that there had not been direct conversation about it between uh, Marks in uh, in Brooklyn and Maury in Philadelphia. So the only reason that that I think it can get pulled off this way. Uh, is if Harden is essentially saying like, look, hey, like I've sat out three games for my hamstring. My hamstring's fucking fine, dude. Like I'm, 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 yeah. I'm raising yeah. the tension course, here, yeah. right? Hey, man, I'll tell you right now. Like everyone's fucking pissed at Kyrie. Everyone here hates that dude. And that's the whole thing. Nobody yeah. has con- like I, James Harden, do not have confidence that Kyrie's going to come back and we're all going to be kumbaya and have and find that rhythm that we found when I was traded here initially that made us look so very very good until injuries hit yeah, as the playoffs for those sixteen before. games. So. So I do want to say that when we talked previously about, say, uh, Ben Simmons to Atlanta, right, I think that makes a ton of sense in a world in which you don't have such a um, uh, such a tested, intense bond between GM and player. Uh, I, I think it would be uh, silly to think that Maury did not go to Philadelphia and sign there uh, without him stating that, like, hey, the, the player that I would want to uh, put next to Ben Simmons, or excuse me, put put next to Joel Embiid, is not Ben Simmons. I have a guy in mind, right? I guarantee you this was on the table and was the plan that Maury was holding out for as plan A, B, and C well, the whole time. Well, we know that. The fact because, that it yeah. happened when it did tells me, okay, there wasn't so much public about this other than it was something that was potentially discussed. The reason that it happened now at this deadline tells us that with Brooklyn on a nine-game losing streak, with Durant not coming back till after the All-Star break, with Kyrie Irving absolutely not getting vaccinated apparently still, uh, that, that that locker room is ready to like completely fall apart. Yeah, there's a couple of things I want to say about this. We know that that was plan A because Daryl Morey last year offered Ben Simmons, Matisse Teibel, and three protected un- first-round picks for James Harden. Was that, was that offer actually made? In the yeah, that, uh, that offer was made. He didn't want to put Maxi in the deal because he's smart. 
And they basically went to Harden and asked him, who do you want to play for? And he said Brooklyn at the time because Kevin Durant was trying to get him. And Kyrie's, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. So Daryl Morey basically got his guy <laughs> for less, less. You know, like he basically got the same guy a year later for less. And not only that, the guy he was trading, Ben Simmons, has way less value than he did a year ago. So to pull off this trade, you can... It may not work. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. But they've got two years with James Harden. He signed the player option to win a championship. If they win a championship, guess what? You're going to pay him all that money, and you'll be fine with him. If by a year from now it's not working, you don't have to pay him all that money. And like you, I think it's a really good point. The other thing is, who's gotten the best of James Harden? Yeah, Daryl Morey, <laughs> and who's they? They have the president of the Rockets, Tad Brown, is the president of the Sixers. Yep. It, the whole infrastructure is built around this to work, and you have a starting lineup that is just Maxi, Harden, Tybal. Tobi- they still have Tobias Harris. They got to keep him. Mm-hmm. They didn't have to trade him for a salary dump. And Embiid, it's it's about it. It, it takes them from definitely not going to win the championship to they're one of the four teams that I'm like. If they win the championship, I won't be shocked. I think they're the, clearly the second best team in the East. Yeah, so we're talking about, to me, it's it puts them in fourth, you know, behind Phoenix, the Warriors, and the Bucks. And I don't know what's happening with Draymond Green with the Warriors. And we already talked about, we've talked about this a lot. The Bucks and the Suns, they had great runs, but were they really tested in the way that we traditionally think of champions being tested? So I don't, I mean, this could be even better than what I'm thinking right now. So I think that this is a low buy. You get, they had to give up Seth Curry and I love Seth Curry, but he's basically just a Joe Harris replacement. And if Brooklyn, if media pundits who were saying that Maury was not going to get anybody and now are doubling back and saying the Nets won the trade, think that it's ugly when James Harden, is playing with these Brooklyn Nets without Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Just imagine Ben Simmons in this situation. Yeah. Like, the chances are it's going to be a Ben Simmons, Patty Mills, Seth Curry experience. Good luck with that. You know? So, I I think it's like, it could work out for them. It could work out for the Nets. You better be calling Eric Adams, you know, that crazy guy. Because he's the guy. He's the He is the most important person to the Brooklyn Nets franchise, because if he doesn't lift the vaccine, yeah, right. you are screwed. <laughs> you were just screwed. And so, I, you know, to me, some of Which the reaction... kind of feels like it's going to happen, by the way. Like, it uh, might like, happen, well, you know? Well, 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 I mean, I think you saw that, that the state of New York is now... Uh, the governor is now lifting the uh, the, the the statewide mandate for masks in, in uh, public buildings and stuff like that. Yeah. So I think that's also laying the groundwork for what, you know, everybody wants to do, which is, which is uh, in every, you know, liberal-dominated large city, which is... Is uh, pretend the virus is just not a thing anymore because that's what we're going to do yeah. now, uh, which is what we were always going to do. It was just a question of of if you wanted to uh, pretend it wasn't real at the beginning and seem like a monster for all of the uh, <laughs> thousands of and uh, uh, tens of thousands of elderly people and prisoners that were dying in America uh, and people who work in meatpacking plants and and you know the places where the highest casualty rates were, or if you wanted to pretend. After the election and after there's a vaccine, when you can say, you know, if you're a liberal, like, well, if you didn't get the vaccine, fuck you, you should die anyway, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, so I, that, that's what was going to happen either way. Yeah. So I do think that that we're on our way to seeing New York lift that. And frankly, I mean, 
I mean, we, we know that, that Adams is probably a Nets fan because he's from New Jersey. He lives in New Jersey, <laughs> right? So he's probably a big Nets guy. Uh, so I do think that will happen. But Here's the thing about that. I mean, Adams just said last week he wasn't going to lift it. So let's say, I think you're right. I think he's, we, we, he, we got a few months to the playoffs. Yeah, well, fine. They are right now maybe the eighth seed? They're, they're, the seventh they're on their way out of the plan. So this isn't a situation. I think the next trade, we'll talk about this a little more. Of like We can talk about kind of two trades because the Pelicans and Sacramento are sort of in the same place. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, Philadelphia can make this trade and be the number one seed. That's not an unrealistic thing. Oh, with the way they've been playing? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So so Brooklyn, they're going to have a tough road to hoe. Even if all those guys are back, it may work. You know, I mean, Kevin Durant is that good that he may solve this problem. But, man, it is it is like very hard for me. I don't care what, if one's 32 and one's 25 to trade an MVP for a borderline all-star and give up Joe and, and, and get Joe Harris Jr. and one draft pick that's worthless and another draft pick that has some worth but is five years from now. If the Nets uh, either fail to make the playoffs, which is on the table at this point, um, or maybe you'll make the playoffs, but let's say that maybe they maybe they they uh, they they win one round and they're out in the next round, right? Uh, I think you're looking at less than 50-50 odds that Kyrie is is back. Uh, almost certainly he's going to opt out of his deal no matter what because he can make that money. Yeah. Um, and uh, a, a friend of mine, shout out to Mike, who I know listens, uh, had said, uh, you know, like, yeah, we can't wait till Kyrie just ends up in Orlando because it's what he deserves. <laughs> like, he, where, where, where he can be the highest well, paid the player is and like... set every franchise record. Uh, just fucking take, just, just, just take max money from Orlando or some other irrelevant team. Uh, and, but... I think that you might need to see that happen for Brooklyn because if you've given up all of this uh, to get Harden and then barely recoup anything back on what you gave up in letting him walk out the door, if Kyrie leaves, you're you're better off if Kyrie leaves because at the very least then you open up the the, the cap space yeah, yeah. because one thing you can do as Brooklyn is say hey we've got Kevin Durant we've got a core a rotation core that you know can be improved upon and now you look like a pretty good place to to pull in free agents not that there's a great free agent year coming up but you know it gives you that kind of flexibility no, I think I... you'd rather have that than have to deal with the question mark of will Kyrie only ever play half time when he's here I don't think any and maybe even not Kevin Durant I don't think anybody in that organization besides maybe Kevin Durant, and this is the most important person, wants Kyrie on that team. Yeah. Like, I, I think that's totally true. I, you know, it's hard to gauge what even Kyrie's value is. If it's negative, if it's positive. Like, I don't even know. You could see a thing where they lift it, he plays great, blah, 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 blah. But he is, he's also said in the past that if you trade me, I will retire. I doubt that if the Clippers or the Lakers made an offer or the Knicks that he would do that, you know, like I, I, or Miami, I don't, I I think that he would change his tune, but I, it's such a, it's such a weird situation. It's hard to gauge the value. I mean, we've talked a lot about Westbrook and, and wall, and I can gauge their value. I can kind of understand where they are toward the market. Kyrie Everton, I really have no clue. The other thing I wanted to say, the only other point on this trade I wanted to make is the Rockets made a great trade for James Harden. I mean, I, if you're thinking about a future where you're spending big money on Ben Simmons and there's nobody else there and he's your best player, I'll take those draft picks every day of the week and yeah. twice on Sunday. Yeah. No, no. So yeah. it's like I think that this has worked out incredible for them. And, yeah, that, that's all I want to say. 
the last thing I'll add in this conversation, because I have been a critic of Daryl Morey in the past, I do think that he's one of the more overrated GMs, I will say that I appreciate him in the way that I appreciate Keanu Reeves. <laughs> the thing that I used to say about Keanu Reeves, right, is that he's not a good actor. No. But he <laughs> is good at, but that. he is good at being in movies. Yeah. I'm not saying he's a great movie star, but he is good at being in movies. And the reason he's had a career that's lasted this long was I remember uh, it was for me the mo- the moment I realized this is when the first Matrix movie came out when I was in high school and I had seen uh, him in Gus Van Sant's uh, Man Private Idaho. Yeah. I had seen him in Point Break. I had seen him in things that I like, and then I also had already had seen him in uh, um, The Devil's Own, <laughs> playing opposite Pacino, uh, or the you know, he was in uh, was it Hamlet? Was he Hamlet? Did he he play probably Hamlet? was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, terrible, like just stretches that he couldn't do. But when he was in that first Matrix movie, I saw the trailer, and I saw the the rooftop jump when Lawrence Fishburne makes the jump between rooftops, yeah. and there's the iconic line of dialogue, the iconic iconic delivery of, whoa, he, he, which he, which was Keanu Reeves <laughs> flashback to him reading, him reading that script and going, oh, I can play that, and to me that's what Daryl Morey has been in identifying James Harden. And wanting to build and play around James Harden. What's so great about Playing this? with the devil that you know yeah. is so good. <laughs> because as we said a moment ago, uh, if you have LeBron James, let LeBron be the GM. Yeah. If you have one of the great players, uh, you know, if if it's Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, that guy is not going to want to have as much straight input to everything. But Kawhi Leonard says, go get this guy, go get that guy, right? Yeah. Uh, LeBron James says, go get this guy, go get that guy. There's, there is a player that... Uh, Maury hitched his wagon too early that he was right about, and his and he's continuing to ride that bet. And I think that is the same kind of playing within your own limitation. Like, wait, why make a risk on some other kind of package when I know yeah. at the very, very least I'm going to get this guy that I know how to continue building around? We would be saying yeah. that David Griffin is one of the great GMs. If he could have just kept LeBron happy and he'd stayed in Cleveland this whole well, time. Well, no, for sure. And if you if you if you pull the tr- like, I have a couple things to say. I you know, well, let me say this before I say the basketball thing. Ben has probably heard me make the speech that you just made about Keanu Reeves, so I know we should be the doing same that. point. Yeah, the yeah, same yeah. Point? Like yeah, he's right? a horrible actor. Like uh, I was, I tweeted on, uh, and I'm high now, so I'm gonna mispronounce her name. But Zendaya, I tweeted that I had a lot of white friends who were like, she's no good, or she doesn't deserve to be an it star, and she's on Euphoria, and she's on Dune, and Mary Jane and Spider-Man, and I'm like, are you white people literally talking to me about this when I had to watch fucking Keanu Reeves? That's who I was thinking about. Uh. Like, (laughs) literally just shit the bed through every major movie. Well, they're both very pretty. No, but she is such a better actress than he is an actor. I've, you know, like, I, I, I've, I've only ever seen her in Dune. She yeah, has yeah. like three lines. I, is, I don't know anything about Look, her. she could give those three lines. I This is how bad Keanu Reeves is as an actor, in my opinion. And I enjoy his movies. I, yeah. I agree. Like, your point? Totally agree. When I watched The Matrix, and I, when I watched Point Break, I had so much more respect for Lawrence Fishburne and Patrick Swayze. Like, it was like, I I was like, well, these are these guys are just like... Break their back to carry this dude. Um, you ready for me to drop this before we get to basketball? <laughs> yeah, sure. Lawrence Fishburne better than Denzel. I you Lawrence know, Fishburne I is the working argument. man's Denzel. All right, <laughs> three years older. By 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 all reports, they've been up for every single part that one of yeah, the other's yeah. gotten. They've always been up for those parts. 
and uh, sorry, I, I watched uh, I watched Deep Cover uh, recently, oh, which I'd never cover. seen before. Yeah, I've never and, seen it either. I, I, yeah, and I, and I just realized that oh, there's this like alternate universe where. Fishburne was getting the prestige roles where, yeah. where he got the Oscar for Glory or whatever and then had the great 90s run uh, and then he's Macbeth this year anyway, it's, it's the basketball. Michael it's the Michael Keaton Tom Hanks that's the same it's a and, but, and import, a good comparison because importantly all four great talents wonderful actors we enjoy watching yeah, the yeah. point here is that is that one got celebrated yeah. and awarded and became you know uh, America's dad right it, you know Denzel or Tom Hanks pick, yeah. pick one or the other um, whereas the others are seen as kind of like almost like the comp like the competition that that never caught up like like, yeah. we're, like we're not having de niro pacino conversations when we should for all three of these dyads yeah i i, I want lawrence Fishburne to have his bird band moment i want i want that to just come yeah. back full circle so we're, we're pro that but you're gonna say something else about the basketball uh, the basketball of part me, of me saying congratulations daryl moore you had a good day yeah i mean i would just say like I think I can't even remember what I was going to say because I'm kind of high. But uh, but I <laughs> but hey, I, hey can, can we put a bell like a chime in for every time uh, Robert mentions that he's high? Yeah. Well, <laughs> my, uh, my wife made pop brownies. Thank you, Mary. Uh, but no, what I was going to say is just like again, it's like oh, that's what I know what I was going to say. Daryl Morey and Tad Brown in co- combination traded Tillman for Tita. <laughs> Still got James Harden. And now have Joel Embiid. I know. Like, I don't... I You can't question that shit. No. I mean, that is... Like... I mean, I don't know what to say. I can't really question that if they win it. It's also funny that Daryl Morey and Doc Rivers are in this paradigm. Yeah. We've got James Harden, Daryl Morey, Doc Rivers. It literally the GM coach. I mean, Doc has won one, but... You know, Doc has more three-one losses than mm-hmm. any coach ever. Yeah. So these are the three guys that are sort of the most controversial. Of like this, some people think this guy's a genius. Some people think this person is shit, and they're all together with the maybe the most lovable NBA player in the league, Joel Embiid. It's just I like know. as a basketball yes. fan, it's amazing. Overnight, this turned into the Wild Bunch, and yeah. now I'm rooting for these dudes yeah. in a way that I've never rooted for them before. <laughs> Uh, partly because, and honestly, I also love all of this because it is one of the only situations where James Harden could have gone somewhere and he's not the, it's not his team. Yeah. Like, you're going to build everything around what he's good at, but that's because that, theoretically, should complement everything Joel Embiid's good at. And let Joel Embiid do more things that he's good at, right? Uh, we've never seen him with a pick-and-roll partner like this. They only just recently started running uh, more uh, Seth Curry pick-and-rolls with uh, with Embiid this season because Seth Curry's not a great ball handler and hasn't had to do that historically. He's yeah, been more yeah. of a spot-up shooter and catch-and-shoot guy. Uh, a little bit of creation for himself, but like not really a, not really a great pick-and-roll guy, uh, even though he's been a good shooter, partly because he's not a great finisher at the rim, right? Ben Simmons could only finish at the rim, so he's not yeah. a great pick-and-roll partner because you know which way he's going every time, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so just, just to look at the transition period is going to be interesting because I think we're going to see a lot of James Embiid pick-and-roll, um, uh, Harden Embiid pick-and-roll to start yeah. with before they start putting other things into the offense. Here's the thing, too. And it's going to work great. And, yeah. and, I, and I'm yeah. rooting for these guys. It, it, it is, it's, also, it's Harden now on north of 30, right? Like yeah. Harden... In you know, like I, who knows how long the peak will run, but like he's he's at the he's at the back end of his of his his peak as a player. Uh, still, still, still up there, but yeah, you know, I mean, he's I not th- going to get better and younger. I think it's a very sort of it. It does remind me a little bit of the Lakers. It's like 
you got like this two to three year run. If you win a championship, who gives a fuck? Like, who gives exactly. a fuck about the rest of it? Exactly. Like, Every single thing I've said about the Lakers on this microphone, right, has always come back around to, yeah, but you know who won a title one year and three months ago? Yeah. The Los Angeles Lakers. And Banners I, fly forever. And you, Good job, Phil. You know why I know that the uh, the James Harden, Joel Embiid pick and roll is going to be amazing? Is because James Harden, when he was trying to quit the Houston Rockets, almost made Christian Wood an all-star. That's true. Like, he is that good at pick and roll. Like, it is nuts. If It's nuts. So, let's move on to some other trades. I uh, I kind of want to talk in combo about... Uh, we're going to talk main parts. We'll talk about some of the small parts. But the Tyrese Halliburton uh, moved from Sacramento for uh, Damanis Sabonis. From Indiana? Grand Theft Halliburton. Grand Theft Halliburton happened. Uh, and we also had uh, CJ McCullough uh, move from Portland to the Pelicans for picks. And I don't know who they actually got. They didn't really get any players of note. They've already traded the player that they got of note yes. away. Right, yeah. Uh, so just picks. Uh, I think they got one. I'll look at the trade. But I kind of wanted to talk about this in the guise of like, just mostly because Sacramento and the Pelicans are sort of close in the standings. Let's let's talk about Sacramento and the Pelicans, and then let's talk about Indiana and Portland. Yeah. So yeah, they're kind of doing the same thing. We got yeah. these parallel lines here. Um, it's funny because Sabonis played the first game with Fox. It was amazing. They killed uh, Minnesota. They looked. I mean, oh, did they win that? I I, I, turned, they, I turned that game off in the first half. Maybe yeah, they won it by like twenty points. Wow, yeah. Cool. So. This is sort of like, if you want to, I think it's a horrible trade, but if you want to sort of glass half full of Sacramento, they at least have two guys who can score to the point where you can win games in the NBA. Sacramento wants one thing out of out of anything they do. They want yeah. one thing. Make the playoffs. Doesn't matter when they lose in four. They want to make the playoffs. Yeah. and That's and, it. And, Se- second longest playoff drought. Yeah. In and, you know, Sabonis is only 25. It's not like he's, you know, I, he feels older than he is. Uh, it was funny because I forget who the Sacramento center was, but everybody was like, how are him and Sabonis going to play together? And like, that dude's on the bench. Like, yeah. they're not playing Who together. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're playing this young kid. I don't even remember mid to the power forward. But yeah, they're not going to They're not gonna play. Is it Rashawn Holmes? Yeah. yeah. The, the, the internets talk about like Rashad Holmes like he's the second. Like, what are you talking about? No, he's a perfectly good bench. Yeah, he's a, he should be yeah. on the bench. So, you know... They didn't, and they didn't, and another thing they didn't do, Sacramento didn't do, which I thought was interesting, is they didn't start the rookie. They started, uh, made the other guy they got in the trade, which was um, the uh, the Holiday brother, mm-hmm. one of the Holiday brothers, Justin. He's Justin. So like, I think that Sacramento is like, hey, you know, if we bring this rookie off the bench, if we bring Holmes off the bench, that's a pretty good bench, and our starting lineup with Harrison Barnes doesn't look idiotic. We've got two, this young kid that's power forward, mm-hmm. Mentu, and we've got Holiday who are just going to play defense. And then we got these other three guys. Barnes will play defense and score for you. It makes sense, you know, in that way. Also made cap space by by getting off of Buddy Heald. And got off of Buddy Heald, which is a negative. I think people look at these trades and they're like, well, Buddy Heald's a negative. I'm sorry. His contract's no, yeah, a negative. Tra- traded him, uh, uh, traded low, sold low. Yeah. So... He's having his worst shooting year. All that, forward, all that to be said. The metrics on Halliburton are amazing. Yes. I mean, he is 11th in assists this year. His true shooting percentage, I think, is top six. Already the second best player in that deal. 
Yeah. Behind Sabonis. Yeah. So and he's a sophomore. Yeah. And he's a cornerstone. He's he's a guy you can build on for years to come. And if you're Indiana, right, it gives you so many options because his his contract is so low, and you can figure out what you want with for Malcolm Brogdon if that's what you want to do. You know. Um, well, Indiana traded Levert. They're they're almost certainly going to look to trade Brogdon. They're going to look to trade Heald. Tristan Thompson's salary is expiring. He's coming off yeah. the books. Uh, so so all of this just just points to the Pacers deciding like well instead of trying to get another good player for one of Sabonis uh, or or Turner, yeah. knowing that Turner's hurt uh, and is and is also you know uh, I think twenty six still still young also yeah yeah um, both young. can can still can still. Uh, uh, can can go through a rebuild with good young players, and apparently, uh, and apparently, uh, Turner was also a big fan of Halliburton. Um, so that's that is also something to, to throw in that mix there. Instead of trying to get players and see, well, can we come back next year and try to make a playoff run? They're clearly going the other way. They're 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 accumulating draft assets. They're getting nice tradable contracts and uh, and or expiring contracts and a nice cornerstone piece who's 20 years old who looks like he's going to be one of the better point guards in the league moving forward. So like let put the marker down right now. Do not get it twisted. The Pacers are not making this trade to get more competitive. They are going to full rebuild mode and I think beautifully. Yeah, and starting I, that process and, beautifully. And I, and I think that like the intelligentsia again, it's like um was like they're never going to blow it up. They're going to they're not going to get anything. And the Pacers this trade is very good. It's funny because everybody's is is shitting on Sacramento, and I, they should. They lost the trade, very clear. They lost the trade. The other trade that they did for Karis Levert is highway robbery. <laughs> like it is, Karis Levert is not a good player. I mean, I don't. I mean, I am not a big Karis Levert fan. He's selfish. You can look at his on off numbers. He's had one season his whole career where he played more than 60 games. We're in season seven. Yeah. To get what they got, which is basically they got a lottery-protected first-round pick, and they got the Rockets pick, and we're bad. So our pick is like second-round pick, which is like 32 or 33. Basically a low first-round pick. To get that for Karis LeVert is, I think Cleveland had a need. And they paid for that need. Yeah. But, man, oh, man. Like, I think that's a heavy cost for a guy that I wouldn't, you know, like, I wouldn't bet on at all. It might help them. It, he has – he's one of those players, and it's it's like – it's sort of a Buddy Heald thing. He is one of those players on a given night you'll watch and go, great. Yeah, so, we're, we're getting off from how we separate the structure. No, I know. But, no, 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 no that's okay. We'll talk Pacers. We're, we're almost done now. Uh, but but it's interesting that the Pacers made that trade, sending Levert out to get uh, a pick back, uh, which is very similar to the one that you proposed they do for Eric Gordon. And now we know the reason you're not doing that is because Eric Gordon's the guy that you get if you're trying to get better now and be competitive now, right? Yeah. Whereas, you know, send Paris Levert out and just get the draft uh, uh, capital back and send, you know, a player that can help a young on-the-rise Cleveland team for sure. who's been beset by injuries. It all made sense for those two. I think, that. too, I will say, too, that because I follow the Rockets way too much. I think the Rockets wanted a higher pick, and they kind of burned themselves on Eric Gordon. I think that that Ruby... I think the deal I said with the, just the Cleveland pick... Because what happened between when we talked and now is that Cleveland has solidified themselves in a 20 to 30 pick. Mm-hmm. So that pick gets less valuable. Sure. And so I think the Rockets were hoping for a future pick that they could have some sort of protection on, but had more sort of upside. 
And I think that they there's a lot of trade little trades here that you can tell the Rockets were almost there. Yeah. And then they went with their second option. But the Rockets don't have to do that. You can trade Eric Gordon this offseason. For sure. Like, like For they, sure. They can make but, all those moves. So what happens is, is because of that age part, they have to give up that Rockets second rounder, which is pretty valuable. Mm-hmm. And so that that's the sort of like, I, I really, I get it. I get it from those points of view. But I think they're trying to, I think Cleveland is trying to play both sides. They are trying to, they are trying to win now and they're trying to win later. Yeah. I think that you make the and people other people than me have said this that if you make this trade you give up this for Karis LeVert you're going to pay him. So mm-hmm. that's the part of the trade well, I really don't like is that they're locked into this. But guy. Cleveland's not a free agent team period. So for so, sure. so, for so sure. Cleveland looks at that and they go this is our free agency move. This is as good as we could possibly do is to get a player who's of the level of LeVert not this season. He's not having a great season. Yeah. Um, but you know maybe maybe you bring him on to a team that can just use him to be a selfish scorer. Can actually use that for sure, uh, especially if you're gonna if you're gonna be looking at, at moving Sexton in the offseason. Uh, you're gonna have you know more possessions, more more uh, more shots to be taken. So I think that that covers. Uh, I just want to say Indiana, great job, yeah. really really nice job I, setting I up for great. a rebuild. I just uh, from from where yeah. they started this season and the the, the big question, the seemingly uh, irreconcilable question of you know Sabonis Turner. What the fuck is the future with that, right? Uh, opening themselves up to going into full rebuild mode, being able to satisfy and keep who's currently the best player on their roster, I guess, Miles Turner. Um, seems 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 like he's happy with all yeah, this and yeah. great, you know, happy mending. Hope he hope he enjoys the rest of his season off because the uh, Pacers don't give a shit about winning games anymore, and which is good. nice. Yeah. Cleveland gets to solidify and and make a little bit of move here on the margins that make them a little bit better in the moment. And good for you, Cleveland, going back to the playoffs. Back to Sacramento, they do this to just make the playoffs. It's not going to happen yeah. this year, but they're trying to set themselves up for that. What the future is beyond that, I mean, getting rid of Heald means you can try to get, you know, a couple of other, you know, two decent players for, for one, for the size of one Heald year contract, right? Um, it's all going to end in tears. I, 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 I truly believe that, like, that this, this, is, this, this is just as good a reason as any to put the team into the stewardship of the league and move them to Seattle. I, I, let, I let let him let let <laughs> just I, I, yeah. Sacramento, the city of my birth, Sacramento. Really? Sacktown wow. holds it down. I love you people. You know you shouldn't have this team when Seattle doesn't have a team. Look at what you're doing. You might as well still have Vladdy running things. There's get, no vision. I here. get this passionate about Indiana State, Terre Haute, Indiana. The the home is that where Indiana State is? There may be nothing in Terre Haute. Uh, but yeah. uh, I, is, isn't Terre Haute where they? Well, there's there's one. There's a record pressing pressing plant. One well, of, there's one John Cougar Mellicamp is from John Cougar Mellicamp, and it's also where they do state executions. Well, there you go. Uh, that that equals an NBA franchise, I think. <laughs> Old Sacramento. Oh, home of Kurt Vonnegut. Uh, oh well, there. Okay, so you win. Um, yeah, I, I agree with all those points. I, I but do, you want to you want to make a point with Sacramento and New Orleans? Yeah, so Sacramento and New Orleans, it's like these are similar deals, right? McCollum is CJ McCollum is older, um, and they didn't really. I like the New Orleans deal more. There's there's sort of similar thinking deals, which is to say, we just want to make the plan. Fuck everything else. We want to make the plan. We don't care. You know, you think we're stupid. The difference is New Orleans didn't really give anything up. Obviously, Portland didn't value Nikhil Alexander-Walker because they've already traded him off. And I think they gave up a a lottery-protected first-round pick. For the chance that right now you got C.J. McCollum and Brandon Ingram, that makes you better than everyone behind you. 
you are pretty locked into probably making the plan and maybe higher than that, I would think, just from a talent level, just from the guys. Well, I mean, let's think about the teams behind them. You're saying that, but it's like teams behind them are the Rockets, Portland, uh, Sacramento. Um, Soon to be the Lakers. Oklahoma, <laughs> Oklahoma City. And um, I'm missing one horrible team. I, I apologize. Uh, but they're not good. Yeah. Uh, um, so Portland is totally tanking. We'll talk about them in a second. Rockets and Oklahoma City have been tanking this whole time. Sacramento is the other team with teams of grandeur. But I honestly would rather have that with Hubert Davis, who just came in, the rookie that's great, with with Brandon Ingram, with CJ McCollum, I'd just rather have that team. If I'm, if it was just straight up, like what team that would I rather have? And Zion may come back. Yeah, you know, and I think that like again, CJ McCollum is like this is sort of similar to the Philadelphia thing. It's like, yeah, you're taking a risk. You're giving up an asset, a lottery protected first round pick. You're buying him low, uh, mm-hmm. and we'll talk about that with Portland in a second. And the upside is. Either this season or next season, mostly next season, Zion comes back. Zion plays well. Everybody plays well, and you keep Zion. Yeah. And it's a low budget way to improve yeah. your your immediate prospects, to be sure. Yeah, and I I, I like it. I, I had that listed in the nice bit of business yeah. category. Yeah, and so I'm not I, blown away by it, but it's a nice nice little bit of business. Yeah, it's like why not why not take a swing? You've already sort of you've you've made so many of these like. Big fuck-ups. You had a good draft pick. You're going to pro- have to play CJ a little bit more at the point. You just are. Uh, and see how that works. Might not work. Might work. Who knows? We've never gotten to see it, so we don't know. And you're basically saying, when I have when we have our full... we You have Zogalskis. Zion comes back. That's a really good starting five. Like, that is a two... You know, that is a starting five that I'm like, hey, not perfectly matched, but this team is going to score a lot. Good, good enough to get you to the playoffs. Yeah, and if you have a, a nice series and lose, maybe Ingram looks good, and maybe he's movable this offseason. Yeah, yeah, you may you have other, options. but you don't have the loser stink on you. Yeah, from just and doing nothing and waiting for Zion with, with your thumb up your ass. Where I think with Sacramento, I think the people reason people are so down on it is because you're here, we're here, right? Like you don't really have any upside except for whatever you can get for Harrison Barnes, and so you're you've. You've decided to, like, we're in on De'Aaron Fox. We couldn't trade him at all because nobody wanted him. Yeah. We're in on Sabonis. Probably when his contract comes up, we're going to pay him a lot of fucking money. Yeah. For a player that you know is as good right now as he's ever going to be. Yeah. like uh, Sabonis came into the league a very finished product, and that's it, part of why he's been so good yeah. from this age. There's not, like, a ton of room for growth in his game. But if you're Sacramento, it makes sense to commit that max money to a player of that level because previously you were giving it to players like Harrison Barnes. Or, so, like you're yeah. not going to get somebody else who's better than that to take that money. So I understand it. People are dragging them because Halliburton looks so good for a sophomore, um, and, and, and is the player that that clearly, as as you texted me, clearly everyone was trying to pry out of their hands when they were like, "How about De'Aaron Fox? He had a cool haircut, huh?" Well, what's amazing is that Ben Simmons was on the table for. This just tells you that Sacramento views Sabonis as, as better than Ben Simmons. Cause Ben's, or they panicked, either way. But, but they had Ben Simmons on the table, and they were like, you're not getting Tyler Halliburton. So that is kind it Tyler of, Tyree? It's Tyrese Halliburton, isn't it? It's, oh, it might be Tyrese. Yeah, okay. you know, we're, we're doing it here. But, um, but yeah, just to move to Did Portland. we mention the pot brownies? Ding! Ding! <laughs> uh, 
just to, I'm gonna eat some more. Uh, just to move to Portland for a second, kind of the Tyrese. Tyrese. Thank you. All right. Uh, thank All you, right. Ben. I'm glad because last time we recorded, we, uh, we we were we were at loggerheads over who was older between LeBron and Paul, and I lost that one. So we are now <laughs> you one and one. Yeah, one, 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 one. Um, yeah. So if we move on to Portland. I don't know what the fuck Portland It's all going to end in tears, baby. Yeah. Well, so a minute ago, you, you mentioned, I think you characterized, uh, you characterized, uh, uh, who did you say was trying to have it now and build for the future? Uh, Cleveland. Indiana. It, uh, no, no, Indiana's not trying to win now. Cleveland. Oh, Cleveland. 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 Yeah, Sorry. right? Uh, Portland thinks that they can do both by doing a full rebuild on the fly. They think that they can yeah. be like, this season's in the dumper. That's fine. We still have Damian Lillard, who's having the worst season of his career since he was a rookie, essentially, right? Even before you know, before he was hurt and yeah. basically shut down. Uh, and they, they think that if they just clear the decks, they're going to be able to rebuild on the fly in a way that will make him happy. And at this point, I do wonder, you know, a part of me loves the romantic ideal that he is somebody who, by all accounts, is a wonderful human being. Just, yeah. just a really, just an excellent franchise leader truly wants to be one of those guys that plays his whole career for the team that drafted him. Like, really wants that, but wants to have the the good faith assurance that the team is doing everything they can to to help him win a title. And what we saw in the last offseason, what we saw in the last year and a half, really, was for the first time the rumblings of his unhappiness with management being so consistent. Of course, we've now seen the GM completely change over. The only GM that had ever uh, been there for his career. Uh, Olshay was out. People forget that happened earlier this this season. Yeah, uh, He was unhappy with the Billups hire and the way that it was done, uh, essentially, without, without running it by him. Um, he wanted Jason Kidd. Well, the, you know. Be the, be the dubs. Well, you know, there, there's... Uh, there's placating your star, and then there's making them feel heard. You know. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I would rather have Jason Kidd than I'd rather have him, yeah, Billups. Billups at this point. I mean, I'm not. Um, I'm not a huge Jason Kidd. I, I will say though, I love how tight he's keeping the the bick the, the head shave <laughs> because he, he because he, he he looks like Homer when he put his head in the ballo shino uh, at, at Barney's Bolarama to uh, to give it a mirror gloss finish. <laughs> And now that he's growing out his beard, and it's just this like it's all pure snow white. Yeah, I think we have a chance for him to have one of the best looks in the league. And I'm oh, here for yeah. it. Uh, but I don't think that Portland has any plan for what they're doing. I I, I think that the, all they did now is just recognize that they should have traded CJ McCollum three years ago. Yeah, uh, and Dame is only getting older, so you might as well dump as much of the team as possible uh, and just shut it down. And see what you do in the offseason. I don't know where they go from here. I, I, and I don't know what happens if Dame actually says, I want to trade. And I will say that, you know, and just to go back, there's a couple things I want to say is just to go back to the Nets for a second. Uh, Damian Lillard is one of the reasons, and we don't know how good or bad he would be. But if you have James Harden, like, why don't you wait till the summer? And you can do a sign and trade, you know, mm-hmm. a three team sign and trade. So it's like, I would just say that like there would be more of these guys available because Portland, going back to Portland, Portland, you know that what they got back for CJ McCollum and some of the the and that's not even their worst trade. The worst trade is they traded what's his face that they got from Toronto. Um, I can't, I'm not going to remember his name, uh, but who's a good player who I would rather have than Karis Levert, by the way, uh, Norman Powell. Oh yeah, yeah, Powell. Yeah. They they traded Norman Powell yeah. for uh you know like a bag of rocks and Powell and Covington to the Clippers by the way Clippers yeah. 
in the nice little bit of business category. That is that make, is make, make, making great. making improvements on the margins for the Clippers. That is a great bit of business because Norman Powell literally went to the Clippers, scored twenty eight points yeah. in his first game, and that's what he'll do. He is. It's funny the media is like Seth Curry, amazing. Same player. I mean, very similar player. And so, like, to for the Clippers to get that guy, also, he matches up so perfectly with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. And they gave a second round. They gave the corpse of Eric Bledsoe, the corpse of Justice Winslow, Keon Johnson, fine prospect, who wasn't getting a lot of time with the Clippers, so maybe he'll get some more with the Trailblazers. You know, fine. It's a plus. And a second round pick. For a guy that you traded Gary Trent Jr. for, who is amazing on Toronto right now. Uh, yep. Like, yep. And, and all of and, this, all of this, so you can keep Anthony Simons, yeah, who so you, you want pick. to play the Norm Powell role. So, so, and Robert Covington, who somehow the Rockets got two first round picks for when they traded him to Portland. Oh, he's massively overvalued. Yeah. So, so, like, massively overvalued. So, like, you get to take a look at Covington. If Philly you, to Mini to, to, to Houston. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. saying that that's yeah. Over so you get to take a look at Covington. If you like him, fine. He's on an expiring. If yeah. you don't like him, who gives a shit? You get oh, a but guy, get those bird rights. You get yeah. That, you that, have that's the bird why right. you make the trade. Yeah, right now. you can pay. Norman Powell is going to start for you. He's better than all of the guards that you have. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. It is that yeah. trade's my you, you, You've erased the the Landry Shamit uh, whiff yeah. by by getting Powell. And, uh, yeah, and, and I like. And, like, you know that Portland made bad deals for CJ and Norman Powell because they can couldn't get into the Jeremiah Grant sweepstakes even though they really, really wanted him because they don't have anything. Jeremy Grant, by the way, maybe the most talked about player to be traded all season so far. Yeah. Did not get traded at all in this season. And also, while we're swiftly talking about Detroit, uh, shout out to, Mark, uh, to Marvin Bagley III. You're finally free of Sacramento. Oh, free yeah. Marvin Bagley. Yeah, God bless He's him. at Detroit. I hope you do. I, you're, you suck, but I hope you do well. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, to get back to Portland also, I want to note that I, I don't understand sending out the players that would have been potentially good for a rebuild around Lillard. I don't get them sending them out and keeping Anthony Simons, whom nobody outside of the city of Portland thinks is going to be a great player. Uh, no. Nice player, but like... <sighs> Why Why do you want to just recreate the two guards who need the ball in their hands dynamic I think with a guy who's not big enough to play shooting guard? Like you, McCollum was the bigger, more physical uh, uh, scorer. Uh, yeah. Simons is more of a backup point guard type, and that makes me also wonder if they've had the internal conversations and will Damian Lillard formally request a trade? Or, or has he already, has he indicated that he wants a trade? And if that's the case... If you're a team like Portland, you are probably the team that does the try to trade the guy to where he wants to go trade because you want to curry favor with all the agents in the league because you're not a free agency destination, right? Yeah. Um, so I do wonder about that. I I have resisted because, again, I like the romantic idea of I really think Lillard likes being the face of the Blazers. I think he likes the idea of retiring there. But I also think that if the if the Wizards think they're doing a full rebuild around Lillard, these are not the moves they would have made. Yeah, I, I just think it's like, they're trading Lillard. I don't... I, it's just like, they have to be. This is the dumbest thing. It It's weird to me that saying that speculatively feels like the most reasonable outcome. Yeah, It feels like the same thing to say. It's just like, uh, it's like, you know, they have to decide. They didn't trade Nurkic as a deadline, which I thought they might. 
they have to decide what they're going to do with him because they he's he, he's got a good contract. He's getting yeah. paid twelve million dollars yeah, a he's year. Movable. Yeah. He's well, he's they can't trade him now. No, he's, he's movable in the offseason. Yeah, a, I mean he's a he, movable piece. He's yeah, he he's he is going to probably. I mean, even you can say what you want about him. I think he's a fifteen million dollar player. Um, you know, so do they really want to pay him more for long term? It's like there's nobody on this team that is the in Damian like Damian Lillard gives a shit about. Nope. You know, like it's just yeah. So I well, he loves them all as people apparently because again, seems, yeah, seems to be a great just, franchise leader yeah. and all that stuff. I don't think he wants to leave. I just I don't think these moves make any sense unless they've already been having those conversations. For sure. Well, there's one thing I, I forgot to say that I want to say about the Pel or the Pelicans and the Kings. I do think. And the Bulls got dogged every step of the way when they were making these trades, when they were getting DeMar DeRozan. You're giving up too much for DeMar DeRozan, who scored like 35 DeMar DeRozan, not in all, like, we're not going to pick all-stars, but the only all-star thing that I think was a travesty was DeMar not getting picked and Levine getting picked. No, DeMar, he got DeMar picked. fantastic. No, he got picked. Oh, did he? As, he as, voted. As a He's a starter. DeMar's a starter? DeMar DeRozan oh, got the good. most okay. votes as Eastern guard. Well, there you go. I don't pay yeah, attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, DeMar DeRozan... I was yeah, thinking, he's been a fucking I, great year. Good for him. I was thinking about it. I mean, there he's are, a third-team All NBA guard right now. I, it, well, yeah. Let me let me say something controversial. I think Curry, that second spot is sitting right there. The Bulls are. <laughs> I mean, okay, right. these are regular se- first team. Maybe. Yeah, okay, these okay, are regular yeah, season okay. awards. You I'm know? here for it. I'm here for it. I would probably if I was going to pick the second guard. I think Harden's going to claim it. Maybe, yeah, that might happen too. But I, if, right now, if I was picking it, I would pick Devin Booker. Yep. Um, but there's Chris Paul in there. Right. Uh, there's, of course, John Morant. I don't know, man. I, I think DeRozan, his last six games, he scored like 37 points. I mean, this is not like your old DeMar DeRozan. No, this no, is no, a new... no. We have come to praise DeMar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Third-team so, All-NBA would be a great thing. Would it be I great? He's, he's, made, he's made a second team. I think I think he can make a first team. I don't. I'm not predicting it. Okay. There's a bunch of those guys that for that second spot that could. The last guy is going to drop the third team. I think you've been trying to make this 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 Kings uh, Kings Pelicans point. Oh, for, sorry. For hours. No, no, no. And I keep on distracting you. Yeah. No, it's fine. All I was going to say is this may be a case of teams trying to replicate what one team did, which was criticized. You know, all these trades. You know, the Vucevic trade, the Demar Derozan trade, to. To build a team. Even the Levine trade, people don't remember that. That trade was criticized because yeah, yeah, people were like, yeah. this is a bench player. Yeah. And you're paying him all this money. And the Bulls have traded themselves in, except for Patrick Williams. They have none of these players are homegrown. Yeah. No, you're you right. Know? You're right. Like, none of these guys are homegrown. And I do think when somebody sees somebody succeed like that, rightly or wrongly, it starts a trend. And I think that that's why we saw a little bit more trading from the Sacramento's. And the New Orleans of the world, because they're in the same position the Bulls were two years ago. That's a great point. And I think that the other team that people would probably compare them to in a similar milieu would be uh, maybe the Timberwolves. And you look at the Timberwolves, who are doing uh, a franchise rebuild around two homegrown lottery-picked players. And one traded for lottery player, if you want to say the big three includes D'Angelo Russell. And, you know, they're they're coming along okay. Yeah. But no one's... Blown away by the future of Minneapolis, of Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. Like the Wolves don't look like they're going to be a powerhouse, whereas the Bulls, you know, they show that hey, there's a lot of volatility that happens, 
in a marketplace that can turn over the other teams around you. And all of a sudden, you just start, you know, you, you start just getting, uh, you start winning every trade by just a little bit. And, and then you look up three years later and your team is completely turned over and you have this, uh, what I consider to be a mid-tier East team. I, I think the Bulls are a really nice competitive team, but are, yeah, but, but, but are not, they're, they're, they're not looking to challenge the, the, the very top end of the playoffs, but they're further along toward that goal in the East than Minnesota is in the West. For sure. For so sure. I think that makes the case for what you were just saying. With a lot of yeah. teams look at that and they go, well, shit, do we have to just sit around and wait for draft picks? Uh, there were, yeah, I, I think that's definitely what the Pelicans and Sacramento are. That, that's the stars they have in their eyes. Yeah. I w- again, I would say the Pelicans have a better chance of that because when we talk about this stuff, when we talk about Minnesota, the reason they're better is because Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah, they're the better players. They're be- well, they're just better. You know, like Anthony Edwards, because he's in his second year and he's just progressing. But and Towns is one of the best peer scorers in the league. Yeah, and again, if you have those guys, you can kind of bet on that. And the Pelicans have Zion coming back. Yeah, yeah. you got to think he's going to get a little better. Yeah, yeah, and and Zion doesn't. You know, so it's just like it's like that's why that trade makes more sense for one than the other. Well, so so they reached for the most polished guy possible. Yeah, they have to feel real secure just locking up Sabonis for the next ten years. I think we can. Uh, I think we can move on to maybe. I don't know if it's the worst trade. It's it's close I, to the worst trade. Can I guess what we're talking? Yeah, about? yeah, yeah. We're talking Dallas Wizards. Yeah, we're talking Dallas. Oh Wizards. baby, I. So the rumors that I've heard are that Kristaps uh, Porzingis was traded for literal garbage. I mean, they're great people, I'm sure, but as basketball players, Spencer Dimwitty, the whole locker room wants him to leave. And he's in the first year of a very... Because he will shut the fuck up about NFTs or whatever he's in yeah, this week. Yeah, like, he's he's a shell of himself. I, I'm i a guy who rooted for Spencer Dimwitty. Like, I, you know, on Brooklyn, that was a fun Brooklyn team with absolutely, Jared Allen. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Sort of no, no, yeah, he was a nice story when he when he came yeah, up yeah, in the league. Yeah, yeah, but then, but then, But then when he when he told the, the Nets that he wanted an ownership stake, and they laughed him out of the room, and then when he told the league that he wanted to create a cryptocurrency tied to the value of his next contract... He started thinking, maybe this guy's, you know, maybe this guy's, maybe this guy's a bit of a dipshit. Yeah, and and the Wizards players and coaches realize that too. Uh, and he has a better contract than Davis Bertans. That is, who is the other guy in the worst contracts. <laughs> and, and I remember he had that incredible shooting year. And yeah. I mean, one of well, really, it was an incredible shooting four months. Yeah, like one of the best hottest shooting runs I have ever seen in the NBA. And it got him paid, and it made him the second most the second <laughs> so most highly paid Latvian player in the world. Yeah, uh, it's so which, which, by the way, good good for Dallas. Wait. Good for Dallas. Keeping keeping. Yeah, Latvia, maybe Luca can be the Davis whisperer, and we get a different. Luca is from Slovenia. Well, you know, it's all they are not near each other. They're not okay. that close to each other. Okay, well, forget that. It's still horrible. They're trend. they're not far, but they're not yeah, far. yeah. So they don't border. Supposedly. The reasoning from Dallas is that they want to play in the free agency market, and <sighs> trading Kristaps Porzingis gets them there sooner. Can we remember all the great signings the Dallas the Dallas Mavericks lose to the Houston Rockets and the San Antonio Spurs in free agency? Like they are the third team in Texas in free agency, and Texas. It's an okay, you know, like it's like in the middle tier of, of markets if we were just ranking. You're three, San Antonio. 
has gotten bigger free agents. San Antonio. So, do you know what I see and hear when I close my eyes? Do you know what I see and I hear? I see and I hear uh, Mark Cuban, and Mark Cuban is uh, stepping out from uh, from a car in a parking lot, uh, and I see and I hear Sideshow Bob stepping on rake after rake after rake. <laughs> That's all I see and hear when I think about the phrase Dallas Mavericks free agency. All I think is... (laughs) 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 That's it. How can the plan possibly be we're going to make it work in free agency? Like... I don't know. I mean, I you know, it, there's some delusional fan bases. You know, I you know the the Toronto Raptors fan base. I, I, no offense, the Lakers fan base. There are some delusional delusions. How would you say that to someone whose dreams have come true over and over okay. again in my lifetime? Okay. There's some delusional franchises and fan bases. I don't. I'm not saying the fans, the Dallas fans, all three of them, fine. This fr- Mark Cuban. This organization is de- fucking delusional. Like, this is delusional shit. No one's coming to Dallas. Like, no one's coming to Dallas. I don't know why I even have to say that out loud. That feels sort of like you should get the vaccine. Like, it's such an obvious sort of sentence. Well, another get- dumb, dumb billionaire who's, like, never made anything or, you know, done anything to earn his money. Just yeah. just bought into the right couple things. He, and, just, he, he just pulled the fucking slot machine arm with some money. That's it. And, and Dorian, Dorian Finney-Smith... After this, got a like I think a four-year, fifty-five million-dollar deal, which is the most they could pay him. I think part of that is that they want to sign Jalen Brunson, they want to sign Dorian Finney-Smith. Fine, that's fine, fine. Um, I think Luca and, and, and Kevin Porzingis hate each other. I think that's probably the number one reason. Kevin, that Kevin Porzingis, Kevin Chris Stapps Porzingis. He look, he really assimilated. Yeah. He did a great job. <laughs> <at the other. laughs> Maybe that's why he hates him. Uh, but but. What the hell are we doing? Like, I don't know what the Mavericks well, okay, are doing so, with so one of the seminal talents the conversation, of his generation. Yeah, the conversation that I've been having with my friend Mike, again, hi Mike, I know he's listening, uh, who's a who's a deep, diehard Mavericks fan. He's a real Mavericks fan. Yeah. He's a guy who's from uh, here, actually, but lives up in the, has lived in the DFW area. He's been a Dallas sports fan, and he's he is as intently focused on the Mavericks at any time as he is anything else. True basketball fan. And he was, like all of them were, optimistic about, hey, you know, like you 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 you, you get Kristaps back healthy and who knows how good he can be again and then yeah. he has to Luca and all that. And I just did not see it coming after after the the big season he missed in New York. Um, I liked him a lot when he came into the league, but I have just I've never seen him get beyond flashes of what used to be flashes for what you thought his potential could be. He can play okay, but if you're devoting that much salary to a guy, you're not in great shape. So the thinking here is, well, it takes the best player of the three. Let's not let's not mince words. He's when he's when he plays, he's still better than Dinwiddie and uh, Ben's uh, better than Ben's better than Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans. And Davis Bertans, absolutely, <laughs> but doesn't play a lot and and ultimately is is one of the big hurdles on your roster to getting to make other moves. So you take one big contract. And you break it into two smaller, more manageable pieces. 
So, so, here, so here. the thinking is maybe you can buy Bertans out in a year or two, yeah. and maybe you can move Dinwiddie as part of you know facilitating another deal or something. The point is you're not going to make a better one for one or one for two or whatever to get play, better players for Porzingis. So, so this is this is just the process of just starting to rip the bandaid off and just snap that contract in half and make it more movable pieces. That's that, that's that's the only thing that makes no, any sense. No, but but that doesn't make sense because you can do this move in the offs. Why do you have to do this move right now? There's I, no reason to do this move. Right I don't now. have an answer for you. Yeah, here's the thing. Other than Porzingis has than, flashes. Has, yeah, he's know. a good player. He's a plus player when he plays. Sure. These other two guys, you're ju- you've just sentenced Luka Doncic to another first round exit. You've just literally like Dinwiddie can be in your eight man rotation. Bertans can. You have not watched the Washington Wizards. This guy is. <laughs> He's, I've watched plenty. I've watched plenty. He's not good. He can he can be a bad eighth man, is all I'm saying. Well, I... I you know who's not playing? Porzingis when he's fucking hurt again. That's I cannot I imagine... They wanted to... I guess they wanted to play Dorian Finney-Smith right yeah. off the bat. I don't know how you start free agency in the middle of the season. Like, that doesn't make sense. Did you any, hear me give this trade a good review, by the way? No, no, of I course. I'm just, I'm just terrible. saying... Yeah. I'm just saying, like... All of what you said is true. I'm not. I'm not disagreeing yeah. with the premise. It's like just do this in the summer. Yeah, this is just do it in this the is, summer. It's a summer move. Yeah, so it doesn't like, have to happen right now. Yeah, so that that's that's all I wanted to say about that. Well, the good news is uh, one thing that we also know about uh, Mark Cuban is that he has already set up multiple trusts that are maturing uh, to pay uh, Luka Doncic <laughs> all the extra money. Well, like you know, you know how you know how he has uh, Dirk on like four executive yeah, boards yeah. for his Shark Tank companies. Just yeah. Like, the money that Dirk yeah. hasn't lost in, in scams, he's just getting, <laughs> right. he's getting well, back. Well, because because part of the deal when when they they shook hands all those years uh, in that club, uh, I assume they were in a club just because that's how that's how yeah. got uh, Chandler Parsons. Uh, but uh, all those years ago, they were partying and just made it clear to like, look, nobody will pay you more than I will. There's just no, I will I will pull in so <laughs> many off the books income sources for the rest of your life. That you won't even have to do overseas commercials, and so I think that I think that 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 is the 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 lockdown handshake that he makes when he can get uh, when he ends up drafting a superstar the yeah. way he has now twice in his well uh, he wasn't the owner when they drafted Dirk but right shortly thereafter is that why they always draft foreign players to get rid of some tax things that are happening well I, also some down and dirty like also they're, they're also afraid because, of the New York DA yeah. is that what's happening also because if you come from fucking Latvia Dallas seems like a cool town yeah for sure like uh, like you know the, D- Dallas delivers on the promise of a big American city if you're from Central Europe. I also I just want to point out that Dirk Nowitzki, Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, top five power forwards of all time, amazing they played in the center same generation. Another thing that connects them, lost tens of millions of dollars to scammers, <laughs> just so much money. My favorite part of it, like, so Dirk, it was in a relationship, but my one of my favorite basketball series is Tim Duncan is suing his manager because he's plundering money from him. And a witness for the manager agent is Kevin Garnett, who sticks up for the guy. And then in four years, has to sue the same guy because he's been <laughs> funneling money out. He's been, he's been basically funneling money. It is 
Amazing. Like, that is an amazing... That is the real Uncut Gems. Uh, oh, they I, should oh make... you said it! Oh, the, the, oh the, the whole time I'm watching Uncut Gems, I'm sitting there, like, uh, like uh, it, it, watching Garnett, uh, you know, turn turn the, the opal over in his hands, and, yeah. just, and me just leaving an internal dialogue, like, I can finally fucking pay this guy off again. <laughs> oh, man. Um, it, like, what else do we got on the old trade deadline? We can talk a little bit about... Uh, I don't know. I mean, I... Those, the, are, those are my big ones. Those are the I'm, big ones. Yeah. yeah I, a lot of teams got better at the margins. And, yeah. and we're going to see that as we as the season moves on uh, and as teams start to get these guys acclimated. I did want to just highlight that I think the Clippers are quietly doing really smart stuff around the edges, uh, especially not knowing uh, if uh, Kawhi's going to come back, which it looks like he's not this season. Yeah. Uh, and with George Hurt... They're doing a lot of things that are going to keep them in good position to keep the core together and to, you know, hopefully come back healthy and be a good team. And when you look at the teams that are on their way out of that conversation, Portland's not going to be a contender anytime soon. Uh, You know, you look at the standings right now and they're right in the middle of the pack. And that's the only middle of the pack team that's going to potentially get a Kawhi Leonard back at some point. Like, yeah. You know the, the the Clippers are looking are, are are looking like 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 they're setting themselves up to be scary for a couple more years. Yeah, I think we're we're almost to the point where we can kind of do the conference sort of reviews. And in the East, it is there are a lot of teams, right? I, I think that Philadelphia has put themselves with Milwaukee as sort of co-favorites, but there are a lot of teams. They're really good teams. I would be scared crapless to play somebody like Toronto, Miami, but, real quiet. Yeah, Miami, real quiet. Didn't do anything, but just. Humming along, yeah. very and, solid. You know, obviously Cleveland has, has sort of gotten better in the short term, at least. On the come up. Yeah. The and, Hornets. The Hornets got Montrez Harrell today. Another nice little bit of business. Uh, yeah. The, yeah. So, the, you know. Uh, Productive so the, player to Yeah, no, for sure. No, I, I'm doing that because the Rockets wouldn't uh, trade for P.J. Washington in a second round pick. And that's why the Hornets got uh, Montrez. He was the second. They were going to give them Christian Wood. Uh, and like that was like that was a trade, and I'm just I'm, I'm squinting because I'm just like, man, I wish we I wish we would have made that trade and mm-hmm. not held out for a first pick. But you don't, uh, don't need Harold. It's fine. Well, not Harold. PJ Washington. Oh, you have, yeah, Washington. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that that I think we we will talk about the conferences. I did want to catch on one thing um, because we, Goran Dragic. I just want to say the Spurs not buying out Goran Dragic. Would be one of the most Spursy. It's it's up there with Ka- trading Kawhi to Toronto, like of just spiteful. The Spurs have a spiteful bone in their body because because of when Dragic was uh, was he a rookie or a sophomore for the Suns, and he had that like forty point game against them in the playoffs. No, it's because oh, okay, it's because he's going because to that would be holding the goddamn grudge <laughs> because he's going to Dallas. And interstate rival. The Spurs are the only team that I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I can imagine. It's like, no, nah, Goron, you just you just sit here. You yeah, go to right. Dallas in the summer. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't think even their petty is that strong. I think they're going to. I would, I would love that that's true. Um, no, no, but because the other thing is, the other thing is, the Spurs, they pride themselves on, quote, unquote, doing things the right way, you know? And when you're a small market team that doesn't get free agents, that includes uh, treating the guys that you trade for really well, keep agents happy, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. you know? So I think they're going to buy him out because because that's the classy professional move to do. We one one other small little thing I think we should talk about is, uh, yeah. So there's this big four team dra- trade. I'm not going to go through the the semantics of it all, but because it, you know it's just like second round picks and a bunch of crap. The interesting parts of the trade are that Serge Ibaka is going to the Bucks, mm-hmm. and that. Um, 
And Marvin Beck, no. And, <laughs> and, and, and kind of a little bit uh, is Sacramento DiVincenzo. I mean, that's just like, you know, buy low, see if that guy produces. We don't have to talk about that. The Serge Ibaka to the Bucks. What do you think that does? I mean, I, you know, what do you think that does to the? Because these are one of the teams that are actually important. Serge Ibaka couldn't get in front of Avicii Zubats on that Clippers. Depth yeah, chart. yeah. I think Ibaka is close to cooked. Uh, okay. I, I think that. I think that, are, if, that if you're the Bucks, yeah, PJ Tucker can't give you quite as many, you know, gritty, uh, hard foul minutes as he did before. So I guess you're getting maybe you know five to ten of that out of Ibaka. I don't think the plan is for him to be a giant contributor. Yeah. But he is. I don't even say super sub because he's not that. I don't. Th- I think they want him to be the, the to play the role that Dwight Howard played on the last Lakers championship. Okay. Just come in and just just care about hard box outs and uh, you know putting putting fouls on Embiid, whatever. Right. I think having another guy to throw at Embiid makes a lot of sense when, yeah. when you're you're in the East. Um, I don't think they made that deal because they felt like they needed to make a lot of giant changes. Yeah, I think it's just like it's kind of Brooke Lopez experience. Uh, insurance, but I do think from what right. you're saying, your belief. I don't. I don't know how I feel about this, but you'd much rather just have Brook Lopez back. The perfect thing for the Bucks was a healthy, healthy and effective yeah, Brook Lopez. Yeah, yeah. But also, you know, like let's let's not kid ourselves. Brook Lopez is also on the downside. Yeah, for peak. sure. Like he, for sure. he has absolutely played the best basketball he's going to play in Milwaukee. Yeah. Now he can still be a very meaningful contributor, and other parts of the team got very good. And by the way, you also have that other guy. Right, yeah, 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 like you still have Giannis. Like, yeah, yeah, you still have three guys who can. Which means, which means you're gonna have in any given playoff game a chance of having the best player on the floor. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, I meant to say earlier with uh, with Philly. Um, you know, now Philly's the only team in the East that could potentially have two of the three best players on the floor. Yeah, in, in, a, yeah. in a series in the yeah, East, yeah, yeah. even possibly the best some nights. Yeah, but uh, but with Milwaukee, uh, yeah, you say Brook Lopez insurance. I feel like Ibaka splits the middle to fill in what. Lopez is no longer giving you what Tucker can't give you every night um, in their big man rotation. Yeah. So it makes sense. Uh, this is one of the only teams that can use a player like Ibaka, where you, you you definitely want someone who's got years in the league, who can come in, understands a variety of defensive schemes and offensive schemes, uh, you know, isn't going to be asked to do too much, and, uh, you know, is relatively fresh because he, he was not a, a primary player in the, the Clippers rotation. So it uh, makes a lot of sense, and they didn't have to give up too much to get him, so... You know, defending champs have uh, done a lot of smart things. It looks like seems like seems like every damn yeah. trade they make, they uh, they get a little bit better. Yeah, cool. I, I yeah, I think that's good. I think that's it. Um, do you have anything else to add before we head out on the Golden Highway? Interesting, interesting trade deadline. Uh, they're not always this interesting. Yeah. Uh, big winners and losers. We're gonna have more of an idea of very very soon, but in a year. In a year where COVID is, as as I have said on the show before, we're not we're not in the post COVID era. We're in the COVID era. Yeah. This is this is what basketball is going to be like for the foreseeable future. Half your team is ten day contracts at any given moment, right? I was wondering if that was going to lead teams to be less active because they had mm. less idea from continuity of lineups of what they are. Yeah. And the opposite was true. Uh, instead, everybody looks at it like, well, shit, all this is a crapshoot. So just make the best deal that's in front of you right now and just try to play for the next four months. And I think that's going to produce some really interesting basketball. 
So I'm looking forward to checking out what the what the new look uh, uh, Sixers look like first and foremost. Uh, the Kings are not particularly more watchable in my book, but hell, the Pacers weren't either, so doesn't make any yeah. Difference. I mean, I, I think it doesn't win- make any difference for me. Just to do winners and losers and just go out on a limb, I I, th- I honestly think Philadelphia and Indiana won this trade deadline. If I was going to pick two teams, yes, and the two teams I think lost. I mean, and it's I, not- would add, I would have the Clippers and the Celtics to that mix. Yeah, I mean, they made some good sort of borderline. We didn't really talk about the Celtics. Yeah, so much, and people were wondering when are the Celtics going to make a decision, should or get off the pot between their two best small forwards. And that the truth is that deal wasn't on the table. Yeah, like it, the, the, sure. the, 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 the the no-brainer definitely do it deal wasn't there, and that's the kind of thing you do in the offseason. So instead they got some other useful guys, uh, uh, Tice, who they've liked forever, um, and is good Covington insurance since you don't have many centers beyond that. And uh, and Derek White getting Derek White from the Spurs. Yeah, so well, see, I'm, I'm interested to see uh, Derek White on a team that isn't uh, nationally blocked out for me, <laughs> and I well, can actually watch him play. Well, it, now you have another because they because they got rid of Shooter. Shooter was not worth. Yeah, as, I mean, I, I'm wondering what the Rockets are. Are they just going to buy him out? Or are they going to keep him? I I don't know who yeah. wants him. So yeah, uh, I mean, there's been rumors that your Lakers want him. There's been yeah. rumors that oh, we'll, uh, we'll take him for free. Yeah, and the Bucks. I mean, he, he knows the staff. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, and the and the losers I think would be because Portland and Dallas Portland, because Dallas. I do not really know what they're doing at all. And then Brooklyn. I mean, I, you can argue this trade. I I think they got the worst end of the trade. But the whole James Harden it's Kyrie. Still a great team. <laughs> yeah, the whole James Harden Kyrie still Kevin Durant debacle. The Kevin Durant part's great. Yeah. Everything else about the Brooklyn Nets? Yeah, that's what's been going wrong. Yeah, and it's 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 just a sad end to sort of this sort of uh, three-team monster that we never got to see. Yeah, there are a lot of other little marginal pieces that we might talk about. Suns get Tory Craig back. Um, you know, Suns, we're not talking about them but as much as we did when we uh, were first started, but yeah. just humming along just with humming a freaking along. buzzsaw. I think, yeah, I think we got a lot the of... The Jazz, Jazz make uh, make, make a little, uh, little little marginal tinkerings. Yeah, yeah. Let's, yeah, let's talk about these little marginal. I think we should go through sort of the status of the, some of these teams, you know. Also, I'll add one more winner, which was the Grizzlies. Yeah. Don't, don't. Don't try to overextend. Don't don't try to outsmart what you're doing right now. Yeah, you're, for you're, sure. You're playing you're playing over your heads a little bit. You're ahead of schedule on the rebuild. That doesn't. That's all the more reason to not change anything and just enjoy what you're doing. I, I will say this, and especially for uh, the two fan bases that we follow that really wanted our teams to trade, I would I would say to those fan bases, the Lakers and the Rockets, it's better if you don't. No, for sure. Yeah, like you'd much rather not trade <laughs> than tr- than make a horrible bad. Last second yeah, trade. So if, 100%. if your team has just kind of sat this one out, I honestly think that's better than some of these teams that got in there and sort of made themselves worse. Good luck, Dallas. <laughs> Good luck, Portland. I think we've tried to end this show four times yeah. now. So I'm Robert Segovia. I'm Brennan K. O'Grady. Have a great night, everybody. See ya.